0: on 98 FM and online this is Phoenix FM
1: Welcome to another edition of the Orient Hour here on Phoenix FM with myself, Chris Hood. It's the show all about the bo- the guys and gals of E10, featuring latest news, views and special guest interviews. Amazing panel tonight for this, our 99th episode. Stick a flake in it, it's done. Joining me, a duo from home and away, Mike Brown and Oliver Buck, who you also uh, know as host of the O show and of course making their debuts tonight, Orient fans Darren and Jack Burrows. If you've got a question for the panel tonight or a comment about the week in E10, loads of ways to get involved. It's The Orient Hour on Facebook and Twitter. You can also email the studio direct, radio at phoenixfm.com. Thank you to everyone listening to us live tonight, but also all those who are catching up through the Phoenix FM website via Mixcloud or iTunes and Android podcasting apps. All you are a massive part of The Orient Hour's success as we head towards our 100th edition. Uh, one thing that we're quite keen to hear from you tonight, we, uh, I put it up as a, uh, a little topic of conversation on Friday and it really took off because of course Friday was the infamous Black Friday so I did ask the followers on Twitter uh, what is and was the O's best ever deal um, and you came up with absolutely loads. I'm just going to pick out a couple now uh, from a couple of you being um, a little bit more cheeky. Uh, Adam assessed uh, Gianvito Plasmati is Orient's best ever deal. Uh, Joe Pavitt, came up with uh, Jens Jansa and uh, I think there's also one in there yes big man uh, is bringing back the Balti Pies Uh, if you've got any more of those uh, the Orient Hour on Facebook and Twitter you can also email the studio direct radio at phoenixfm.com but uh, no further ado let's uh, get back to yesterday's action as uh, Orient travelled to Wrexham in the National League and what a classic it promised to be as third placed uh, Red Dragons took on top of the table O's uh, sitting one point just behind on 42. The O's had won their last two league matches, including last weekend's 3 1 home victory against Bromley, where Joby McEnough, Josh Coroma, and Macaulay Bond had scored the goals in a comeback on a special day in E10. Coming into yesterday's match, Orient were unbeaten in six league games, winning four of them, the last defeat coming against Sutton United. In fact, the very same opposition who were the last side to beat Wrexham, albeit uh, the Red Dragons going on a 10-game unbeaten run in all competitions since, encompassing eight league games and seven wins in all. In fact, it is like the O's, four wins in the last six league games for Wrexham leading into the game after they drew one or Maidstone last time out to open the off, uh, door for Orient to go top. Taking a deeper delve into the stats, uh, it just made the clash even more mouthwatering. Wrexham were undefeated in home league games, winning seven and drawing three, with the O's undefeated in away league action, winning six and drawing four of their ten fixtures, including that stellar 3-1 win at Fould in the last game. In terms of league goal scores, Wrexham had netted 28 in 20, putting them 7th in the division, behind Orient, who sat 2nd with 40 in 20. And the O's have conceded only 13 league goals, a figure only bettered by Fould and host Wrexham with 12. The two stats combined, giving Orient the best goal difference in the division with 27. If you remember last season's fixtures, uh, Orient drew 2 all at the race course in October, twice coming from behind uh, through Macaulay-Bonn, and Mark Ellis, that's a little bit of a collector's item for you, uh, before winning in the reverse 1 0 in April, uh, Bon again getting the goal. So on to Orient's biggest game of the season and if you don't know the result by now you've surely been living uh, under a rock for the past 24 hours. Orient recorded a 2-0 victory over Wrexham to break the record for the longest unbeaten away run in a season. Uh, The O's were made to work hard throughout the match. Dean Brew acting as a strong last line of defence on a couple of occasions before Orient struck late on. Macaulay Bond scoring uh, in the 86th before James Brophy doubled the advantage and sealed the victory in the 90th minute. It was an intriguing day uh, yesterday throughout the rest of the division as well uh, AFC filed uh, two late goals for them Danny Rowan the 87th and another goal in the 88th to give them a 2-1 victory against Boreham Wood Barrow won 2-0 at Aldershot Town uh, Gateshead were victors at Barnet Dagner and Redbridge picked up a victory at Bromley Dover were 2-1 victors against Hartlepool United it ended Eastleigh won Chesterfield won Ebsleet uh, 4-0 victors against FC Halifax Town Harrogate uh, picked up a 3-1 win over Braintree having Waterlooville of course who were a little bit abject against the O's in losing 4-0, uh, they beat Maidstone 5-2 yesterday uh, partly in thanks to Elliot Romain being sent off uh, for Maidstone uh, Solihull Moores against Salford City um, that was uh, second playing fourth, uh, that ended nil 0 uh, as Maidenhead United pulled out a 1-0 win away against Sutton United of course uh, that does mean as a result Orient remain top of the league now three points clear of Salford in second. The O's next-facing 16th-placed Aldershot home in the league on Tuesday night, as well hosting Gateshead on Saturday, the Heed sitting at seventh after yesterday's results. After the match, Ozone's Dave Victor spoke with the boss, Justin Edinburgh.
2: Well, Justin, congratulations. You must be delighted with the result, but also very proud of that performance. Huge performance. Uh, very resolute, determined, um...
3: You know we had to call upon Dean Brill today probably for the first time in the season for, for the amount of saves, but when he was called upon he was top class and uh you know what with the former in with the front boys that you know that if we get the chance, then we dispatch it and um yeah it's a, it's a huge three points today
2: absolutely, and uh, the way in which the goals were taken later on was special, wasn't it yeah, I mean
3: you know when it when it falls in the box there's one person you want to see it fall into is macaulay Bon and uh you know that's why he's the, the player he is, and he dispatched it incredibly well. Um, and you know the, the, the second one's sublime finish as well. But um, yeah, I think we had to we had to do a lot of of the basics and 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 the graft, the, the, the side I like to see. You know the, the defenders defended incredibly well for their lives today.
2: And as a manager, you must take personal satisfaction from the impact the two substitutes had.
3: Well, it's, I've always said that, Dave, they're they're the game-changers. They're not, they're not subs. They're game-changers, and they, and they did that today. Um, and without them, we wouldn't be where we are, and uh, that's what we're about. Um, the togetherness in the squad is, is incredibly uh, high. The confidence is high, and I think that shows in the performance.
2: And Dale Gorman, I mean, it's been difficult for him, a serious injury, didn't have full pre-season, but he's getting better, isn't he now? Yeah, no, I mean, you know,
3: he's had to be patient because of the former Charlie. Charlie, unfortunately, you know, picks up the injury, but that's what we're about. You know, the, the ones that are underneath are working so hard, that's testament to the coaching staff as well, to keep everyone in the condition they are ready to step in when they're needed. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's welcoming when you look at the bench and what we can bring on. And how is uh, Charlie Lee? Charlie's okay. He started training on Monday, so that, that, that's great news for us. So that's excellent.
2: Bit of a cushion at the top of the table. Is it a bit of a pressure bit at the top of the table? All shot in town on Tuesday night. There's always pressure. Next game's huge. You know
3: we've got to go and back that up with this result today. And uh, we know it's going to be a tough game against All the Shot. Very good footballing team. But you know we look forward to Tuesday's game.
2: Is there any danger because there was so much hype and preparation? This was such a big game. Is there any danger that there can be complacency for Tuesday? No,
3: that group in there won't allow that. You know, that's uh, that's driven, driven by incredible professionals that, you know, have, have broken a uh, record for the club today for uh, staying unbeaten away from home, and that's a testament and deserve that. But uh, no, we've spoken there now. Our sole concentration now is only on Tuesday.
2: Another six thousand plus crowd, six hundred of those have made the journey from East London. Yeah, remarkable. Um, you know, again when we needed them. They certainly
3: uh, turned up the volume, turned up the support and uh, you know, we sent them home happy yet again.
1: Well that was uh, Dave Victor after the game speaking with a uh, very happy and very satisfied uh, Justin Edinburgh joined by a duo from home and away tonight and also uh, you'll know from uh, free kick expert um, Ollie Bucks joining us as well along with Mike Brown and uh, two fans making their debuts tonight. It's Darren and Jack Burroughs and uh, well, They mentioned there, and certainly Justin mentioned there, um, congratulating the fans who travelled all the way from East London. Not technically true, Darren. Some of people came from as far afield as as Brighton for this one.
4: I I did, Chris. I had to be down in Brighton Friday night for some work, and um, that mucked up my plans. So Jack, who works with me as well sometimes, we we made the journey up from uh, Brighton via Three Bridges. We had to get a bus from Brighton to Three Bridges. But yeah, look, worth it, worth it.
1: Where well, you talked about coming back, you came up to through Liverpool. Didn't we then you yeah, coming back didn't, we, we didn't, had yeah.
4: our luck was out a bit as well. We had to go to Liverpool. Um, fortunately, one of my pals who I travel with, Dave, he is an anorak and he he sorted the trains out. So we 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 get, we went back via Liverpool. But yeah, again, I wouldn't have called, cared if we got home at three o'clock in the morning for that one
1: because what a result yesterday was uh,
4: yeah Look, you, you go every week and I think Mike said earlier you always think oh not, not the day don't lose the day don't ruin my weekend and well we, we've not had a weekend we ruined, lads have we <laughs> so we, 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 as fans we've we, we got to be happy with this haven't we
1: well I, th- I think you certainly have Jack Justin called it yesterday uh, an absolutely huge performance
5: yeah no it was a light the result uh, we said we'd take a point and uh, let's go and get a win it was a yeah, good, good performance all round
1: uh, do you think, Mike, result of the season? Do you think?
0: Uh, yeah, definitely, hundred percent. So far, anyway. I think there'll be bigger games to come, uh, especially in January. sort of coming up. I think that is our next big, big game to to really see if we're going to be winning this league. In... But I
6: think the best thing about this season so far is we've had um, constant games coming up. So when we take on Harrogate, that was a massive game, yes. and we rose to the occasion. Yeah. We we took on even yeah. self at the beginning and was a big, big occasion. We had to step up, and these super players have done constantly. Yeah, so they're just tackling it one at a time, really.
1: Well, before we get blinded though by by the final scoreline, and after all, that is all that matters. What what of the actual game it, itself, the ninety minutes?
6: Well, yes, yesterday's yeah. game. Um, it was just <clears throat> it was the perfect the perfect day. I thought all round the performance was. Everything you'd expect from a solid away performance. Yeah. Um, and then to win it late on was just the cherry on top of the cake. Um, but then with, with Salford only drawing as well, just made it all much sweeter.
1: I mean, were you aware of the Salford score as as uh, it was kept, going on? I kept an eye on it, Ooh. but,
0: but
6: when, when you're popping up with two late goals in in the fashion that we did, that's you're not really focused on Salford's game much. <laughs> and not until kind of half an hour after the game. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> two words that Justin used Mike in his interview uh, were resolute and determined 100% you know you can see why Wrexham
0: uh, don't concede a lot at home but at the same time you can see why they don't score a lot at, uh, in general either but they piled it on yesterday we were under the for 70 odd minutes 60 odd minutes 65 minutes of the game and any year that one and them back five could have been made of the match easily I mean obviously it obviously went to Brill for two very, very good saves. And back five can easily pat themselves, look themselves in the mirror you know, today and say, do you know what? We've
1: done our job today. Do you think, uh, and we bring comparisons a lot with, with teams of the last few years, last year before Justin, so mm. just before under Steve Davis for example, mm. what do you think would have happened in, in that game? Do you think that the defences would have been breached? I mean, it's, it's hard to say because last, last year we got a
0: 2-2 draw there. We were quite resolute then again. You know, we showed bounce-back ability. But majority for that, you know, under Steve Davis, we would have crumbled. And that would have been it. Crumbled, heads would have dropped. And we probably could have got a thump in yesterday, you know, if I'm honest. But that's just testament to Justin, to what he's done to this same group of players, barring one or two. You know, same group of players, different mentality. They look, they look well beers out there at the moment. No, nothing phases them even going goals down in in games just got
1: character to come back and just see games out when needed and it's interesting how two people can obviously watch a game and and see different things we'll get Jack's view on it in a minute but Darren you there was a comment um, Rex and Boss Sam Ricketts thought um, they were the better side but just didn't take their chances and you saw a couple of people saying it's Orient under the caution surviving for for 80 minutes you you didn't see it that way I I don't quite subscribe to that. No,
4: I, I felt that overall f- they had two chances. Brill made two saves. And if you're the home team, you've got to put a show on, in, in my view. And whilst they were good, they were well organised, they weren't threatening. And I thought we were comfortable um, throughout. So, no, I, I think, I don't want to take anything away from Rex and my group and Mike. I think they're, they're one of the better sides, Um but I, I think that the under, under Edinburgh, we have this steely determination, and we are now travelling with confidence. So, I, I think, yeah, Wrexham are good, but I, th- I think we're better. Hmm.
1: But, but you didn't, uh, you, you thought, Jack, that, that I've a lot be... of our performance down to Brill
5: yesterday, I thought he made a lot of good saves, and you did say about back five played very well as well. Uh, apart from Brill doing some of the saves, as we said, we man's up to growing results constantly. And that is a lot down to momentum, we spoke about earlier. So we've got a good momentum
1: going this season under the manager. And uh, yeah, I mean, would you say Rex is the best side that you've seen this season? <laughs> one of the or-
5: best sides we've come up against to pile on that pressure, but to get two late goals. Certainly, if we're going, like all of us travel away, obviously regularly, to get those two late goals was uh, a very good good scene in the away end as well.
1: And, I mean, you mentioned Dean Prill there, he's, he's essentially the man that, that Orient owe. 80 odd minutes of the game to the fact that Orient was still in the game
5: personally I think we owe Brillo a lot for yesterday's uh, yesterday's win
1: Um, what did you make of it Darren and and Brillo it's it's 51 51 games now he's featured in every minute of 51 games under Justin Edinburgh
4: I think I agree with Jack I think yesterday he he really was a man of the match he did make great saves at vital times one in each half there was also a header I felt that his positioning was perfect I think the way he marshalled the defence it's the little things isn't it when we scored the goals he made sure the professionalism was there to make sure the players needed to be on the pitch yesterday so they couldn't kick off and and the things that Brill are bringing uh, to the, so that he organises. He had a go at Coulson yesterday. But, but good luck to him. I, well, I wouldn't want to give Josh Coulson a mouthful. <laughs> so, but he's doing it. You can tell he's doing it for, for, for the good of the team. So I think yeah, Brill got my man at the match yesterday. Got down brilliantly for the for the save in the second half. For a big guy, he really showed his agility.
5: He's an experienced player as well, so he brings that to the side being with his age and everything.
1: Well, that's the the point. Is he, he is an experienced player, but I think it's kind of got a little bit um, lost because we talk about the resurgence of people like Josh Caroma Craig Clay um, under Justin and the simplifying of the game last season when, when he came in, everyone knowing their jobs and not playing trying to play too much football. It kind of might get forgotten that the gamble that putting Dean in between the sticks was at the time and what it seemed at the time for that game against Solihull. It, it definitely raised a lot of eyebrows at the time and. In-
0: um, I remember people saying, oh, you know, he's obviously got no confidence in, in Granger or Sergeant or whatever, but it's proven to be the right move. You know, when you've got a, a back four, you know, with, with Coulson and at the time would have been Ella Kobe, but now obviously Marvin's coming. You know, being Marvin or Miles Judd, have also Dean Brill in your ear, as well as Coulson, Joby, it's, it's, they're going to make you better players. You know, experience just turn you what to do, where to be, look over your shoulder, little things or, you know make you better players. Well
1: Sollar yeah, as you say going back to that game against Solihull when we, we saw Dean Brill on the, on the team sheet almost from, from, from nothing, yeah. I, I know a lot of the time in sort of the build up it was announced at one point that um, I think Ross Embleton uh, probably mentioned in the throwaway comment at some point, well Dean is registered as yeah. a goalkeeper if we were to need him and I know when that was announced at the time, we, we were talking on the show and we thought, well, it's a massive game with the possibility, possibility of alienating the two young goalkeepers. And then there's the fact that he hadn't played much football. We talk about, the, Jack was talking about the experience of Dean. Yeah. The fact was that he was being thrown into a live environment that he hadn't been in for a long time.
6: Well, it was a massive call for Justin to make, and, and they were coming off the bounce of, of 14 games. Fourteen losses on the trot was it? Or Fourteen without a win. Fourteen without a win. Without Fourteen win. without a win, and something obviously had to change, and, and someone had to come in and, and shake it up, and and we were leaking goals, we weren't scoring any, and they had to, he had to make his mark, and if that meant bringing in Brill, and then that that was Justin's decision, and then you've kind of got to trust that, and it shows what a great decision maker he is, and what a great man motivator and and. To his his player management just shows how great it is.
1: Well, you you've been on the on the training ground, and we we know you spent some time with the, the goalkeeper. I'm not going to you, refer. He's smiling. I'm not <laughs> yeah. going to refer to the time of the goalkeepers. Yeah. But just talk about some of the influence about of, of Dean of being around those guys.
6: Oh, he's he's a he's a great guy. He's um he's just a he's he's he seems like a wiser head. He was actually I think he was the first ever first ever player I interviewed. He's he just seems to have that professionalism. And I'm not saying that, that Granger or Sergeant wouldn't have had that, but they're young. You know, they haven't played the game. They've only ever been at Orin. And for Dean Brill, who's played in Scotland, he's, he played, for, he's played for loads of clubs, for a fair few throughout his career. So for him to have that knowledge <coughs> and, and to bring that into two young, great three, with Janata as well, three great young goalkeepers, more well coming through the academy, it's just, it's crucial. It's crucial, obviously, he would have had that while he was a coach. But for them to to now train with him more than for him and alongside, and then watching plays is going to be great for the players as well.
1: And you, you mentioned Arthur Janata uh, there of course he was uh, on the bench yesterday after yeah. um, Charlie yes. Grangers um, uh, had surgery on a, on a broken wrist um, Sam Sargent um, I think it was an ankle injury mm-hmm. um, keeping Sam Sargent out of the game so we might see uh, a little bit more of uh, Arthur Janata, and uh, we might see him in the London Senior Cup I would um, expect as well. Um, Mike we're talking about Dean and, and Justin spoke about it being really the first time this season uh, that he's had to be called upon in terms of the amount of saves. I mean, we're talking—is it one of those things where it's a little bit of post-game bluster? You remember the last ninety minutes, or do you think that was effectively true? Because he has had to make some—he br- has had to make some saves. Yes, I mean, solid I think he made yeah. an absolutely Fancy astounding bottom, yeah. save.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think Brill gets the credit he deserves uh, at all. You know. Again, I'll touch on the on the back four and on the back five. You get past any of them back four, you still got to deal with a unit which is Dean Brill. <laughs> you know, um, he, he covers up a sizeable portion. Of the guy was just standing there. He's a
6: big so guy. But he's, he's not fat.
0: Being no, I don't room. mean. No no, <laughs> no, 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 no. The, when he came in, there was a lot spoken about his weight,
6: but he's mm. not a big guy in that sense. He's yeah. genuinely just broad. When he stood next to me,
0: like oh, he's a mountain. A sign of a good keeper is you know whether you're involved for 90 minutes pulling off save after save or whether you're not doing anything for 89 minutes and you're called on to do one thing you know or even one thing and a half and you pull it off you've done your job as a keeper you know and and that's what he's there for you know uh, and he gets a lot of stick in my opinion a lot of unnecessary criticism um, because he's kept us in games a lot this season Mm -hmm. with with some key saves which which do go under the radar because we do score a lot of goals
1: uh, um, we were talking about uh, obviously the, the defence and, and being asked questions you, you coming at half time at nil-nil what, what was the feeling
4: I, I again I, I referred to what I said earlier really, and I felt we were comfortable I felt at half time the, so the first 20 minutes were very two two big teams in that league slugging it out without either of them really looking like they were going to score if I'm really honest at half time that, that's what I thought um, and I I actually could see the game ending 0-0 and, and that's where I thought it was going to end up and I thought both teams would settle for that both managers would be happy with that and I think both sets of fans would have gone home happy with that so to, to, to win it in the manner in we did and, and take all three points yeah I'm a bit surprised if, if, if I'm honest but no at half time I honestly thought Chris that 0 that nil was on the cards
1: uh, is it, w- would you have taken 0-0 going into the game and, and at, at half time would you have taken that score Jack?
5: Yeah 0-0 I was would with a ticket I always think it comes down to Tim talk a little bit at half time and uh, Justin's clearly very good at motivating them in, in the dressing room because uh, a few games this season we've gone in with uh, Desmond and then come back out so
1: yeah Um talk as well about um, the subs and uh, we do love to get your messages in Uh, Neil Irvine's been in uh, touch uh, via the Orient Hour on Twitter you can also get in touch on Facebook and uh, radio at phoenixfm.com subs made a massive impact yesterday Uh, can we be quick to uh, criticise when subs are made that don't work so a big pat on the back to uh, Brophy Alibi uh, and the coaching team yesterday um, because uh, the game Ticked on, it was still nil-nil, and the change is made after 68 minutes when Brophy replaces Gorman. So, um, talk us a little bit through, Mike, how, how that changed things. because we've spoken a lot about this whole thing of McEnough keeping Brophy out the side, and mm-hmm. should Brophy be playing, and the impact that Brophy's making off, off the bench. Brophy replaces Gorman, how does it all sort of change up at that point?
0: Well, I, I just think it gave us a bit more drive. You know, we had someone on the pitch willing to take on the fullback or the defender and he he done that on various occasions. He wasn't afraid. You know, and that gave uh, Rex Sank a little bit more to think about rather than, you know, we, we played a bit direct yesterday, which i I kind of confused why because there's two centre-backs soaked up everything. Um, Brophy came on, got the ball on the floor a bit more. He started to drive at them and caused them all sorts of all sorts of problems. And James Alabi coming on as well, uh, his work rate, which led to Brophy's goal. I, I don't think he got the credit he deserved uh, for that because really put the keeper under a bit of pressure. forced a really half-hearted clearance and it just good technique for Brophy to slide in for his goal.
1: Well, how did I mean, obviously you mentioned there as well, um, Allaby comes mm-hmm. on for, for Dayton. Mm-hmm. How does it change around that that midfield and, and front? Because obviously that's quite a few changes. We see Joby coming well, in. Joby would normally go central. Uh, Mitch gives uh, and Chrome will go either flank, We'd be left
0: or right, depending on, on the change. And obviously Alabi and Bond up top together. And did,
1: um, Mitch, obviously that, that worked, on
6: Yeah, yeah, it did. Like like Mike touched on a uh, that uh, the the pressing from Alabi I think it was a ball I can't I forget who played that ball over the top but but the present from lobby was what made the goal and it was I mean, it was a hard finish from Brophy, but he pulled it off um as well Karoma drifting out wide I really like Karoma watching him week in week out he's he's getting better and better and better and better he's I saw a little clip from yesterday from one of the fans videos when he he picks up the ball by the um, by the dugout and he he sends about six players on their holidays and takes a shot a goal and it just clips the post. But it would have been honestly one of the best goals I've ever seen. And that's coming after a fantastic mm. one against Fylde and then the one against Bromley as well. So that kid is is exciting me. And so he
1: and and he has really kicked on, um he has as always, you say, needs a mention. Um the captain read a piece this week saying the 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 sky is the limit for him and he's he's become very much ruthless now, uh, under Justin Edinburgh. Josh Caroma, um,
4: for me He's, he's going to go on and have a great career, isn't he? The, the, sure. Let's face it. It's about Orient keeping hold of him. Um, I agree with Ollie, that, that run, and, and if that goal had gone in where he clipped the post, um, and, and I agree about the substitutions, credit the manager, bang on, every one of them. I think Gorman was possibly slightly at risk. He picked a yellow up, and, and I thought we need to take him off now. And, and Brophy, when that ball fell to Brophy, that was the player you wanted it fall to, and to have that composure to finish it in the way you did, um, you knew as soon as it left his foot, it, it, it was going in. So yeah, no, but Karoma, uh, definitely one one that we're all really excited about yeah. and really enjoying watching.
1: Uh, but you, you would say, Jack, he's, he's no by no means the finished article. And, and Joby went on to speak about the need for him to keep working hard and for him to be on top of himself, as well as the other players being on top of him. It is always a worry with with a younger player that. They can get a little bit carried away in, in their own hype. Do you think that's a? Th- think do you think that's a problem for Josh? When
5: Josh first started playing, he certainly wasn't ever scared to take on players, and uh, he certainly got a lot better at that. And uh, no, you've got to trust that the people he has around him will help him stay level-headed and uh, professionalism. Yeah.
1: How, how how good do you think he can be? Well, I mean, what we, we've seen a lot of players like um, Alzati and people like that have really kicked on. Um, Abraham's obviously going off to, to football league clubs. Sam Dalby as well. Are we looking? Are we looking at one with Josh Coroma that maybe some of the other bigger clubs missed out on and, and could have had the, the, the option of and, and sort of didn't take their chance on him?
5: I certainly think Josh uh, probably deserves to play in the football league. And uh, my dad touched on that. He's a bit of a worry that at some point someone might try and come in for him. But yeah, he could, he could. I could see him going all the way eventually. But as I said, he has got to have the right people around him and the right
1: coaching. And Mike, what about that partnership with with Maka? Do you think it's the most deadly in the division? We saw some stats come out today for the front two. Um, 22 goals scored, uh, 11 assisted between them and nine scored in five games well, between that two. I think that at one point, them two were averaging about an hour per involvement in a goal, which
0: is incredible. You know, at any level, doesn't matter what level it is, you've got your two, your front two... Uh, involved in a goal they're doing their job and them two seem to be uh, got on like a house on fire yeah. and you know it, matt howard can't get in the team malabi can't get in the team you know it, it's oh. these two at the moment they're, ph- they're, phenomenal, they're phenomenal phenomenal yeah
1: um, P.F. on Twitter got in touch to say the Bond-Coroma partnership in my mind is the best since uh, King Kevin Moons. Uh, in a league where most centre-backs are Neanderthal look-alikes uh, the pace they both have is too much for most. There are other strong uh, points similar to Lisby and Mooney is that they play close together. What do you think, Ollie?
6: Yeah, they've struck up a really great partnership and we've, we've gone through such or we went through such a long period of time where no one knew who was partnering who even to an extent last season, you know, it was a, it was a fresh squad. Um, so we had three or four years of that, you know. We had, we've had had so many strike partnerships, so many midfield pairings, so many centre-back pairings. To finally have two strikers hitting form and learning each other's games and constantly learning off each other, and they're both, so 23 and 20, or 20, 23 and 20, I think it is. Mm. That's what, I mean, it's about... Together, that's about the age of Lisby. So, what the, the player we've got on our hands is just unbelievably
0: exciting. That's the thing. You have know, got Bond, who's a proven goal scorer now. There's no no doubt about it. People thought, could he do it again? He's mm-hmm. done it again already. We've got 16 already this season, and uh, you know, people saying, oh, if you can get another strike, you can get 10, maybe 15. You know, you, you're looking at probably getting promoted, providing you can keep it tight at the back, which we are. And Karami's what got six, seven, well on the way to 10, easy, you know, easily. But, you know, well, I mean, in touch
1: you look. Last season, it was very much about the, the Macaulay Bond mm. show, and I know he's obviously gone to the top of the well, was up at the top of the mm. goal scoring um, charts. But the truth is, come at the start of the season, he's, he's kind of flew under the radar. It wasn't the Macaulay Bond show, and Orient are now averaging two a game in the league. there's forty-two in twenty-one games. It's just mm. it's absolutely incredible.
0: I'm with a firm belief that one goal is enough to win you a game. I mean, it is enough to win you a game. Two should win you 99% of your games, you know, and if you get into a game, then listen, to beat us, you've got to score three, you know, so it bodes well for the O's at the moment. I don't think there's a bad point to really touch on anything across the
1: field. Um, Alex Cowell, um asks on Twitter, uh, to any of the four lads we have, um, some top players, but who do you think will be player of the year if the season was to end right now, Darren?
4: If it was to end right now... I- that's really tough. It's a real tough question from Alex. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's very hard to look beyond McCauley Bond, but you could pick one from 10, mm-hmm. <laughs> you could, one from 11. There isn't a player in that team at the moment who A, he doesn't deserve to be in it, and B, is not playing at the top of their game. And, and I would, if I had to give you an answer, I would have to go with Bond purely because of the goals. But it's a real toughie.
6: For me, it would be Joby for sure, though. At his there you age. go. Yeah, the, we'll probably pick a yeah. different person. <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the main thing. But Joby for his age and it, and the the, I thought come October, come you know, start of November, we're gonna have to give him a, a weekend off or two. Don't I think
4: he needs it. Doesn't, he does not he, he looks yeah. the fittest Look, guy can, out there, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah.
0: Thirty-seven. He's got a twelve-pack.
5: <laughs> <laughs> the thing as well with having all these great players in the team, like You touched them, uh, Alavin and getting in, it almost stops complacency because.
0: Mm they have to play well week in week out just a good players can come on and replace them even if you rest Karoma, you know, um, thanks to Matt, Matt Bristow yeah, uh, he worked out that um, Alarbi and Bond average a goal like, every 90 minutes or uh, a goal assist every 90 minutes which again is, is great in itself which shows that them two work as a partnership as well
1: So, and we've seen what happens when Matt Harold's come on the couple yes. at the end of the game I mean I know he's that rate's fallen a little bit but he had a ridiculous rate when he was coming yeah. on and, and scoring the goal at the end of the, the
0: two goals three goals
1: yeah it was, it was something like that because he'd scored in a couple of games right at the very end hadn't he he'd yeah. come on for the last so five minutes five so, yeah. games
0: as well in a, a bit part in all honesty you know And three but goals for me the balance threat. in the squad low is, is, what, is what's
4: you know, put at the top yes. of that league the, you've got players that can't get in, in, in the, the start at 11 then can't get on the bench yeah. so uh, that's great and that's what we, we, we want to continue to see as fans we want to see uh, everyone fit which we've got I know Charlie Lee's coming back so it's amazing isn't it how everyone's fit when the team's doing so well and it's yeah. it's, it's, it's certainly at the moment yeah. for us what 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 I hope is that the players we've got we can keep in January because I think there is that little bit Yeah, you know, they're going to be on, on, on everyone's radar now so I think, I think that's probably bigger than signing players. Can we keep the McCauley mm. Bonds? Can we keep the Josh Caromas?
6: Marvin uh, Ekpetita.
4: Marvin <laughs> Ekpetita, yeah. yeah. And, and the other thing I think as well about the O's is they've got great balance. You've got the likes of, of, of your older keeper in Dean Brill. You've got your older midfield player. And, and you've got your youngsters, haven't you? you know, Joe Wizardstone, he's, he's I think 29 now. So we've got a great balance and that's again another, I think, big factor in, in why we're why we're so so
1: high on the table, well, top of the table. Um, we were, I've said, mentioned on Friday uh, was the uh, infamous Black Friday. So we were asking uh, our followers on Twitter, uh, what is was the O's best ever deal? And uh, you did come up with loads. Uh, Tony Bailey uh, mentioning Macaulay Bon, uh, SJM Lockwood for free from Bristol Rovers. Uh, JD Comfort on the free from Cambridge uh, absolute daylight robbery uh, Alex being a little bit cheeky and saying getting money for George Porter uh, Graham <laughs> Dave G. Uh, Steve Parsons from Wimbledon uh, Len Dean Cox on the free from Brighton uh, Louise Tenen's mentioning Macaulay Bond again from Colchester Jaden Christie uh, Kevin Lisby uh, Jamie Stripe uh, selling John Cornwall to Newcastle uh, for <laughs> 50 grand uh, Chaz Hawks uh, Eldin Jakobit uh,
0: Yakupovic, Yakupovic. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yakupovic. <laughs> I, I, I know it's right in my head but I can't <laughs> translate my head to my mouth uh, one hell of a loan deal with uh, we- Definitely agree with that. And Tony McDonald, who was our guest last week, uh, going right back into the archives. Dave Dunmore in a 61 swap for s Alan Seeley wasn't a bad deal uh, as Dunmore's goals. Uh, guided O's to the First Division. If you've got any more of those, uh, the Orient Hour on Facebook and Twitter. And you can also uh, email studio direct, radio at phoenixfm.com. I've got a little stat here, Darren. Um, you are... The a thousandth member of the supporters club is this I, true?
4: I, it is true. Yeah, I, I uh, just happened to, to wander in and think, right, I need to renew my membership. I join up every year. I think they do a great job. And uh, Karen uh, pointed out that I was the thousandth member, and um, yeah, unfortunately, my ugly mug did. Um, it's better I'm on radio. I've got a face for radio, so so my my, my face did end up in the program as well. Uh. To being the, yeah, the thousands member. So, yeah, proud of that.
1: And we also were, we were talking about, just before the show, about the um, the crowd-surfing banner for the League One promotion <laughs> final, uh, which you uh, partly funded.
4: I, yeah, I did. Um, yeah, there's a little bit more of a, a story to that as well, uh, as you also know. Um, Jack was about, I think he was about eight, mate, at the time. And um, I, I happened to uh, tell Jack, rather stupidly, that I would denote quite a, a reasonable sum of the, uh, the family's... Uh, money to get a flag, and uh, Jack went and told his mum, who,
6: <laughs>
4: who at that point um, called me a few choice names and decided we were off to uh, Portugal to for to a further week, I'd only paid for a week's holiday that for that summer, and when she found out how much <laughs> I'd spent, so yeah, there's a few stories about me and the O's over the years that uh, I could regurgitate, some I couldn't on, on a family show, but, but there's plenty, plenty of uh,
1: interesting stories to come. Um, Perry382 on uh, Twitter can you ask Jack how old he was when he started supporting the O's and has he ever held it against Dad for dragging him to his first game I've <laughs> been asked that a lot in my life uh, I
5: was three years old when I first uh, started supporting the Orient and now of course don't hold it against them uh, we said about it earlier yourself you've found it's become infectious and it certainly does that it's a feeling around Brisbane Road that of course I'm biased I say it's like no other but uh, I think your own story as you were saying with uh, yeah
1: Yeah, I mean, someone did ask me, are you, uh, it it came out, (laughs) I've been waiting 99 episodes until someone's actually asked me, uh, someone finally said, are you an Orient fan? (laughs) And the truth is that this show came up, someone said, we want to do a show um, about Leighton Orient, and I said, well, there's no way I'm going to, there's no way I'm going to let someone else take that opportunity and me watch someone else do a show. Um, working so close with Leighton Orient so uh, this is the point where I come out as um, actually a Man United fan and um, but I will say now you've all um, seen some of the messages uh, today, you've all taken us uh, very much into the hearts and um, it is such a lovely club and a a club that um, we've all had such a great relationship with all the people, going along to the club and seeing people um, you recognise and you know from Uh, people like Matt Roper outside the stadium trying to flog his um, uh, trying to flog pandemonium (laughs) he was so shocked when I actually gave him money for it one week I don't know he couldn't believe it It he's shocked (laughs) when anyone gives him money for it I think (laughs) Um, so um, so it's been it's been absolutely brilliant and uh, as I said uh, online Orient is the first um, score I uh, check now um, as soon as the 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 game's finishing I I see miles more of Orient than I do of Man United, which uh, actually this season is probably a good thing. <laughs> I can see more goals anyway, for for that matter. Um, we mentioned the um, we mentioned the supporters club um, there, and um, some good news for the supporters club this week. Um, work, will un- get un- uh, work will get underway shortly to fix the East Stand after it's well publicised problems um, the work aims to be completed by January and is funded by donations from Lake Norwich Supporters Club and Loft uh, the Supporters Club chipping in a massive £27,000 for that uh, Loft £3,000 from general funds so uh, well done to all concerned it's absolutely fantastic news Darren and, and as you Ooh. were saying it. it you were talking before the, the great work that the supporters club uh, does uh,
4: listen yeah, I can't talk highly enough of those people they're all volunteers they give their time up I'm not there to do that on a Saturday and so uh, my, my th- personal thanks yeah and, and they're just nice people and again it's, but you, you said the club's infectious and the, the the money they've raised over the years I think it's over a million pound there. yeah over
6: yeah. a million
4: and, and I, I join every year to give my money for things like that. So to see it used that way, it, 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 just again, it's another reason why we're all so proud to be an O.
6: And a little yeah. touch they did yesterday. Uh, me and Mike got the supporters' coach back, and David Dodd got on the mic at the end. And he said, uh, as you know, the supporters' club have donated this money. Uh, we also want to thank all the fans, and they've just given everyone on the coach direction them a free drink with their coach tickets. So it's just little touches like that. Mm. Makes it lovely of what food. it is. Yeah.
5: So.
1: Yeah. Um, the joy of today's show though um, is tempered a little bit um, by the sad news, I I don't know if you saw this Mm. uh, earlier, uh, well it's coming out last night I think Uh, the passing of former O Kevin Austin uh, at the age of 45 Um, Austin passed away on Friday evening after a battle with uh, pancreatic cancer Uh, Hackney-born Austin played for the O's for over 100 games as well as significant spells for Lincoln and Swansea City and earning international caps for uh, Trinidad and Tobago Um, our thoughts are with Kevin Austin's friends and family at this time Darren it is desperately sad it, 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 it did take a bit of the gloss off for me I, I had the pleasure of watching
4: Big Kev play for the O's probably, probably, probably 98 of those games and and he was a commanding centre half I didn't know him as a, as, a, as a person but from everything I've seen on social media today he's described as nothing but a gentleman and a lovely man uh, I remember he, he he was very very good at Mike. You, you, you wouldn't get the ball off of Kevin if it was going to go out of play. He would make sure it went out of play. And I certainly felt sad when he left because I, 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 he went on to, at the time. I think we were struggling. I think it was around about that time just before Barry took over. So yeah, w- what a sad loss at such a young age. And I, I echo your, your comments, Chris. Our thoughts and f- with his family and 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 yeah, very sad.
1: And uh, just a few thoughts to a couple of other news stories and, and, and happier news. Um, and uh, congratulations go to James Cole, uh, Lead Schools Development Coach for Lake Norient Trust. Uh, he was nominated for Coach of the Year in the Waltham Forest Feel Good Sports Awards uh, for his work at Chase Lane School, uh, where he works with over 200 pupils from early years to Key Stage 2 uh, three times a week. And... Yeehaw, if he's listening tonight, it is Kent Teague's <laughs> birthday as well. And I understand he is in the country uh, for his birthday, I believe. Ollie, he's seen the greater game tonight, isn't he? On the, on I the believe quail- they are, yeah.
6: That I believe, I think, Justin Ross and all the, all the first team staff, along with Nigel and Kent, they're all going to... I think it, it was this evening, this, earlier this afternoon, sorry. Um, it's the final night, so I think they're going to celebrate well. On all you, you as
1: all of us. Sorry? Had, so you as all of us who've seen it have have had yeah very nice things to say about that play
6: oh it was it was unbelievable We I saw it Friday night um I, I didn't see it the first time round, mm. but the way it was done was just absolutely breathtaking like I I, I <laughs> I'm not I'm not I tweeted this but I'm not ashamed to say that it brought me to tears mm. um, a couple of times in the first half alone and I said I said that to to the writer afterwards, and he said, well, Al, why? And I was just like, just because the, tu- the touches that were in there, seeing um, Michael Greco comes out at the beginning wearing the same kit that the players wore on the pitch last week against Bromley, and seeing and seeing all these the characters dressed in this kit that we wore only a week ago, it, it kind of touched me, and they foreshadowed some, obviously, things that happened towards the end of the play, and it was just moving, it really was moving.
1: And we are hoping that uh, potential rumours about it going on on tour and I think we'd all like to see it because I certainly know that Michael Head was talking before about this could be the last opportunity to see it but the the response has been so incredible and we saw so many sold out nights that hopefully we're... um, I I would love to see... I mean, Michael Head's mentioned it before. I'd love to see it um, on TV or on radio but he has mentioned before that when TV people have told spoken about it, they would like to make it Arsenal and they would like to have more people die in it so um, I'm hoping I'm hoping with the continued success I'm hoping somewhere uh, something comes of it so um, we mentioned those uh, commemorative fourth shirts as well and uh, news this week that the first auction uh, of the shirts that were worn last weekend has gone live with the match-worn jerseys of so last weekend's scorers Joby McAnuff, Josh Caroma and Macaulay Bond available on eBay uh, with the auction closing on Thursday afternoon. Uh, the money raised is going to be split between the Royal British Legion and a fund for a permanent gravestone for Clapton Orient World War One hero Fred Spider-Parker. And um, I know, uh, if anyone like me, when you actually... Re- see the play, you realise what Fred Spider-Parker did, and then you find out the fact that he's lying in a um, unmarked grave um, over here. It's absolutely unbelievable. So great the Saints being done for that. Um, at, I, I took a little straw poll of it at 10.21 this morning. Joby's shirt, if you want it, was going for £890 and a penny. That's eBay all over. Uh, Macca, £720. And Josh, the shirt in which he scored uh, that incredible goal... And uh, the reason that, unfortunately, we're all hearing the voice of Andy Gilson in our head every time we see the goal, uh, 820 pounds that's going for the moment. Uh, there's other opportunities to, to bid for shirts and the opportunity uh, for a lucky fan to win one as well. Um, now, uh, I want to talk about obviously going forward and this uh, next couple of games. And uh, we got a uh, message in from Les Kaye um, and uh, two questions tonight. How does the team avoid complacency, especially uh, if we stretch our points lead in the next two games?
4: I I think a manager like Justin, Edinburgh, I don't think complacency will go in there. And again, I go back to my comment earlier about the balance with people Mm. like Joby McEnough, Dean Brill, uh, Joe Whitteson. These guys are experienced players, aren't they? And they know what it takes to win things, particularly Joby. So, I, I, I'm not concerned. Yeah, there'll be a dip in performances because they're human beings. But I, I, I don't think someone like Justin and, and the current lads we've got in there will allow the word complacency to, to, to be too big an issue.
1: Because it is, it is a worry, obviously, when after this game. And, and and Wrexham built it up almost when they were talking. You saw a lot of things in Wrexham. If, if we win this game, we don't win the league. If we lose this game, we've not lost the league. But... It, just speaking, just to put you on a fan's level, after that game, you, you feel like you've you've done something incredible. But the truth is, it's uh, huge a three points as it is, it is just three points.
0: It is just three points. But, you know, I, I, the magnitude of that, going to a team that's always tipped to get promoted every season, to go there, win 2-0, is, is a fantastic result. Mm. I was saying to a couple of boys before the game yesterday that... If we lost, it wouldn't be the end of the world. I don't think it would have hurt us in any shape or form. But I feel like if Wrexham lost that, it would have hurt them. And judging by what they said in post-match comments, it it seems to have hurt them a, a, a fair bit. Mm. Um, you know, we've we, we've got points on our side now. You know, um, we've got a tough game coming up. We touched on it, Salford in January. A lot of football to be played from now till then and of course at the end of the season um, Damien said I don't think complacency will be an issue It's like with Justin Joby uh, you know he said man's done, done it all pretty much um, I honestly don't see why this team can't win the league I think we're the best team in the league by a mile and um, you know teams have, have played well against us you know had good spells in games mm-hmm. but we've always under the cosh Turned it up two or three gears and blown teams away, and I don't
1: think other teams have what we have in the locker. But is the truth, Jack? This week, um, obviously playing Aldershot and uh, then Gateshead, uh, two home games, is six points the, the necessary haul from from this week? Do you think, with obviously with the guy I know we've got a bit of a cushion now, but you don't. You only take four points, and people are creeping up. You get a, a really unfortunate result against one of them. The pressure is on, all all the time. As as brilliant as Orient's record, only one defeat all season, Mm. they're still hanging on, they're still there and it's only been in the last week that Orient have managed to hold at the top of the table.
5: We've in the National League, we've always got pressure on games. Uh, Of course we don't don't probably need to win or get the six points but of course we want to and I think uh, Justin certainly wants to win week in, week out and we've been managing. we, we need, we've got our own results out, as I said, that's 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 the important thing. Uh, maybe if we take a win and a draw, but I think hopefully we're we'll going to get both. All the shot, it's hard again, uh, two home games as well, because we do do away, uh, we play very well away, but we'll see.
1: Well, the, obviously, the O's only defeat um, coming at, um, well, the only defeat in the league coming at, at Brisbane Road this, this season. Um, and we've all been concentrating on how brilliant the away form is. The fact is, to have only one defeat at, at home base and, and a couple of real spankings we've given teams at Brisbane Road, the, the home form has really picked up from the last couple of seasons as well.
6: It has, it has. Um, the Sutton loss was hard. Um, it, yeah, it, was, it was tough to take that Sutton loss. <coughs> but for me, you look at some of the games that we've had at home and some of the, I think that what Darren said earlier about when you're at home, you put on a show and that's what the boys have been doing we haven't we've managed to get you know get late minute last minute things here and there but we're putting teams only 4-1 3-0 4-0 we're not just lying back on a single goal We're go- and the players feel as though they're going out there to entertain and that's what's so great about being back at brisbane road and and, right. and having the team that's just electric to watch i mean this team you look forward to watching you genuinely when it comes to like Wednesday. Yeah. Thursdays, like, okay. I just want to. I just want to see the game. It's, it's, it's a pleasure to watch. It really is.
1: And which made the FA Cup break even more painful when yeah, it came was, that you realised you wouldn't see say. the team for for two weeks. Yeah,
6: that break between what was it, Fylde and and Bromley. Bromley. Yeah, yeah. 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 So between honestly, if it felt like a it felt like That's a, a month. I saw. <laughs> I saw Mike at the game. I was like, I haven't seen you for a while, it's been like what three, or four weeks. That now it was only last week. Well, it was only two weeks ago. But no, it is. It was,
1: a, it was a strange two weeks. Do you think that's actually benefited Orient, though, with these last two games well, that the, they've this, played? Yeah,
6: for sure, for sure. Um, we did start off Bromley a little bit sluggishly, um, and it was slow. But then I think we carried on that, that second half from Bromley into Wrexham, and, and we, we, we stayed at that level. And now we've got that to build on, I think. So that break has given us kind of a nice little base to build on because now we with two home games... We, we need to push on, we need to push on, and I think kind of six points is the, the target. The target I think yeah. They will not want any, I don't think they'll want anything less, I don't want anything less. And then that's where we crack on, Four points this is, this would where, be, this is know, where we make a proper claim for the league.
0: Four I points think. wouldn't be bad, you know, we we'll wouldn't be in no, the world. Yeah. But, but I think the quality of this team, against <laughs> we're coming up against, I think six points would be the target, Yeah. easily.
1: Um, also great news this week uh, the legendary Frank Clark was uh, returning to the club on Tuesday night to sign copies of his autobiography uh, black and white and red all over uh, the former Orient assistant manager manager and managing director uh, basically any title has the word managing or manager in it uh, will be signing copies in the club superstore prior to the game against Aldershot uh, between 6 and 7.30pm if you want to, to meet uh, Frank uh, Clark uh, at the club um, hopefully we'll be uh, watching a victory for the club as well. also want to mention um, I know we mentioned it before but uh, apparently two people uh, two teams have just pulled out of uh, the quiz night at the sports club on Sunday the 9th of December I don't know if someone scared them off um, but um, I've been asked by uh, Lee Deering to mention um, Sunday the 9th of December uh, doors open at 5pm quiz starts at 6 it's £10 a head with a maximum 8 in a team and sandwiches included and that's the bit I like uh, raffle <laughs> auction and the possibility of a signed book by the Dark Destroyer from The Chase as well. Uh, to book a table you can contact uh, Lee either by email lmd85 at hotmail.co.uk That's lmd85 at hotmail.co.uk um, also, You can also contact uh, him uh, via Twitter uh, at Lee, it's oh, actually down as Gorillas1985 1985. G-O-R-I-L-A-Z 1985, that's in numbers G-O-R-I-L-A-Z I-L-A-Z 1985 oh you can catch him uh, for the next two uh, home games uh, in the supporters club um, as well and you don't have to call him uh, Gorillaz during that time uh, <laughs> Sunday the 9th of December is uh, doors open at 5pm uh, for that quiz uh, night I believe it's um, I think it's in yes it's, it's for Errol's foundation as well and uh, hopefully Errol will be there uh, as well so you can uh, meet uh, the lovely Errol during the game and um, so we're talking about um, yesterday's game, and I think the biggest thing that I noticed, Ollie, was after the game um, the club put up a video of the sort of post match reaction. Yeah. The, 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 the noise. Dive, the, yeah. the noise was absolutely incredible it from was. 600 Orient fans amongst six. I oh, know it's six thousand. I have many Wrexham fans exiting the stadium, yeah. but the noise was incredible
6: when when that goal went in from Bon um, <laughs> in the, it was kind of that build up when it comes so late as well With it, it was just an eruption on the 86th minute and it, and it, and it didn't die down until five ten minutes after half time um, and the players were dancing they were McCauley bombers was there you know pumping his chest and, and kissing the badge and you just saw what it means to this group of players as well and how big that win was for them to come and make that statement I think it's yeah. it's the biggest statement we've made this year and Definitely. that was reflected in yeah. the celebrations yeah. and fair play to Elliot as well for the great video <coughs> just capturing the the players' his reaction is
1: it was just fantastic to watch and it's been that consistent thing as well this season Jack of, of the players going to celebrate with the, the management as well that seems to be something yeah. that's a, a common threat certainly
5: showing their emotions at the end of every game I think fans love that I mean even when we lose someone's come over because uh, it's important with to, we've gone that way and to show that they've got their appreciation it's certainly, uh, yeah, certainly a good thing to do
1: I mean we, we were mentioning Darren just before the the game about the about the support um, that the O's are getting away from home and, and at home at the moment it's, it's certainly I think I, I mentioned this to someone before uh, about would you have taken some of the pain that Orient have had over the last few years for, for getting the pleasure from it now but it's something about those three years that have sort of galvanised the fan base almost and it's a lot more together than it ever was
4: I, I, I think the fa- the fans again yesterday to pick up all this were, were fantastic I think I think we all appreciate the uh, the, the support and I know uh, uh, the fact that Justin comes on every week, every week and, and says something about the travelling fans and the fans so uh, uh, the, the new found enthusiasm around the club's got to go down to for, for, to the, the likes of Nigel and Kent as well they've done so much to engage with the fans Kent Teague <coughs> spent three hours talking to Jack, me and a couple of other O's fans on a train, he stood there for three hours so when you've got a chairman like that or an investor like that, the, the, the whole uh, I think community, the whole of the area is being taken along the way by great uh, and then you win on the pitch and if you're winning on the pitch, people will come through the turnstiles because their mates say, "Come and watch the O's. They're playing really well. They're, they've lost once all season." And we, we had this kind of, didn't we? This time where we, we would always get a big game and lose, <laughs> and, and we got a big game and won. So it's 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 great, and that's long may it continue. But no, I think certainly the, the fans now would we have taken those three seasons? Well, we had to, didn't we? So, uh, this is making up for it in some way, but we, we know what we want. We want the prize being back in the Football League.
1: Uh, well, uh, two massive games uh, coming up this week, of course. Uh, Aldershot on Tuesday night and then uh, Gateshead on Saturday. And tomorrow uh, is also the uh, first round draw uh, of the FA Trophy. Um, so, it's the point that the National League sides enter. So, it'll be interesting uh, to see who uh, Orient uh, gets. it would be uh, very interesting to see... Um, Well, there's a couple of really good sides that Orient could pick up in there. It's be interesting to see how uh, Orient approached the game. Uh, But just time to thank my guests for tonight, uh, Mike Brown, Oliver Buck, uh, Darren and Jack Burrows, uh, to Andy Gilson, Paul Golder, Steve Roach and Elliot Byrne for making the show possible. And to all of you you out there for listening in, uh, we'll be back next Sunday when we uh, finally hit three figures uh, with episode 100.